Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever for the 2021 football season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Double your initial deposit just for signing up today. Use the promo code NFL100 at checkout. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is September 24th, according to my count, and it's a Stripe Hype Friday, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the boy Blake Jude coming on here with us today to talk NFL over the next 90 or so minutes. These are wonderful podcasts that we do, and I'm glad that Blake is joining us again. But I got to get to this real quick before we get there, because the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour gets to be milked out more content for about the next 10 days. And we are going to use this sound as much as we possibly can, especially when the Carolina Panthers are undefeated. My pocket sitting so clean, they couldn't wait to come sack me. NYC was too flashy, y'all shouldn't have let gays draft me. Too late now, I went MIA, now I'm seeing ghosts and they scary. Sent Wilson back to NYC with that L and two intercepties. New York talking, we taking nose. Throwing DJ Moore on them posts. Falcons could, but we know they chose. Said his time was soon, but just like Oklahoma, mine is coming sooner. I'm just a late bloomer. I done peek at Essie cause I got me your revenge tour Hate these networks and computers Got mean pages walking around like they some losers I told you long ago on the road I got what Jets fans waiting for I'm seeing ghosts now Steal your souls just like Belichick Y'all were never really rooting for me anyways Panthers apologies you know I wanna hear you say He's seeing ghosts now Steal your souls Tell them the revenge tour on. Yeah. Sam Darnold Revenge Tour 2021. Ah, yes. The Carolina Panthers did beat the Texans, did cover the spread. We didn't have to come here and be sad today. The Panthers win. It go to 3-0 and in front of literally no fans in Houston. They lose Christian McCaffrey. The offense starts to look bad. Chuba Hubbard, by the way, love this stat. Chuba Hubbard in his NFL career now has 13 carries for 16 yards. 
He's it's unbelievable. 1.2 yards per carry. Unbelievably terrible so far. But he's now the, the second running back for the Panthers behind Royce Freeman. Found out he was a Panther. A lot of people I found out were playing on different teams in this game. Texans and Panthers are littered with those guys. This is the first time I watched Texans and Panthers games closely, apparently, for this season. Or looked at their depth chart. But... Panthers did win. I feel like I might need to explain this joke a bit. And I don't like explaining the jokes because explaining the joke ruins it. But I was uh, getting into some Instagram beefs going off about the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour. And I don't do this very often. But sometimes you just get sucked into a bit. You just got to milk every bit of content out of it. The joke about the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour is that we are making fun of the idea of a revenge tour. We are making fun of the fact that this terrible quarterback is somehow taking revenge on the league for giving up on him. We did this with Josh Rosen, and it didn't happen, and I really wanted it to happen so we could milk the content out of it. I'm still maybe hoping Josh Rosen gets into a game against the Fal- or for the Falcons, I'm hoping the Peter Man gets to play for the uh, Raiders, because we can mock this idea of someone who is so terrible taking vengeance out on the league. And... I pivot when the content says to pivot. If Sam, if roasting Sam Darnold is great content, I'm going to roast Sam Darnold because he was genuinely terrible. I didn't know how terrible it was until I saw the stat that came up on the broadcast that he was worst in the league in QBR, completion percentage, and interceptions in his three seasons, or I'm sorry, in his two seasons previously with the New York Jets, if you take out the mono year, I think is what they were doing. But the point being, Sam Darnold was really, really bad as a starting quarterback for the Jets. And now the Panthers are 3-0. Does it have to do with Sam Darnold? A little bit. Sam Darnold is tied for the NFL's lead in rushing touchdowns. Imagine a world where Sam Darnold's leading the league in rushing touchdowns and Rob Gronkowski's leading the NFL in receiving touchdowns. Imagine telling that to someone at the start of the season. Now, is this bit worth committing three podcasts worth of A blocks to? I don't know, but we're going to milk as much content out of it in week three because what do you want me to do? Talk about literally the worst Thursday night football game I may have ever seen. And there's a lot of Charlie Whitehurst and Blaine Gabberts to choose from, but that one might take the cake of worst Thursday night game I've ever watched. Titans, Jags, move out the way. I think Panthers and Texans just took the cake. You want me to talk about that seriously, or do you want me to make a convoluted joke about a Sam Darnold revenge tour that goes viral on Instagram? I don't know. Could work both ways. Unless you want to talk about Anthony Miller's magical touchdown. Speaking of which, let's join in with our man Blake Jude, because we have done a 20-minute podcast on Anthony Miller before, but those are different rules because it was a dark time in the NFL. June and July was a dark time, and we were doing 20-minute podcasts on Anthony Miller just to get through. So with that, a seamless transition over to the Stripe Hype Friday. My pocket sitting so clean, they couldn't wait to come sack me. NYC was too flashy, y'all shouldn't have let gays draft me. Too late now, I went MIA, now I'm seeing ghosts and they scary. Sent Wilson back to NYC with that L and two intercepties. New York talking, we taking nose, throwing DJ Moore on them posts. Falcons could, but we know they chose. Said his time was soon, but just like Oklahoma, mine is coming sooner. I'm just a late bloomer. 
I done peek at Essie cause I got me your revenge tour Hate these networks and computers got me pages walking around like they some losers I told you long ago on the road I got what Jets fans waiting for I'm seeing ghosts now steal your souls just like Belichick oh Y'all were never really rooting for me anyways Panthers apologies you know I wanna hear you say He's seeing ghosts now steal your souls Tell them the revenge tour on Yeah Sam Darnold Revenge Tour 2021 The Sam Darnold come Is this the Sam Darnold comeback podcast official? This is the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour podcast Absolutely uh this is 100 our sam darnold revenge tour which i was so hoping he would win because i just wanted to milk the content out of this we've now done three podcasts in the last week on sam darnold and it's just trying to milk content out of the season <laughs> just as long as we have this opportunity because eventually he's going to get exposed but as long as we have the content and them playing against terrible teams we can ride out the Sam Darnold revenge tour for a few weeks. It's like how last year we did a entire podcast in week four called the second place to Russell Wilson MVP awards <laughs> content while we have the opportunity. Yes. That's what makes it entertaining. And I mean, it's a Texan, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna overreact, but I mean, Darnold definitely looks better. I, I think, I think it has become a, uh, a widely obvious now that it's definitely a just problem. <laughs> not Sam Darnold. Yeah. I, I, did you see the video of the kid who was like breaking down the footage of that one terrible Jets play yes. viral? Yes. It was, I mean, honestly, like the kid broke it down perfectly. Everyone in that pick, everyone in that shot, just that one shot is doing something wrong. And it is very ironic. Like it's just, it's just horrible. No, yeah. Development matters a lot. And the thing that I feel like I've learned over the years is that it's similar to how some people view NBA coaches is development of quarterbacks. You can mess it up way more than things can go right. Cause at a certain point, there's just a God given talent ability that, you know, development, some people can overcome poor development, but if you put someone in a horrible situation, that's where things really do start to fall apart is like, it can do more damage than it can do good. Just being stable is a victory for making a quarterback good. It's just it, when it's really bad, you know, you can really tank someone's career who has a lot of potential. I mean, look at, look at Davis Mills right now, like Davis right. Mills and David Davis Mills and David Cully are going to exist in a vacuum. It's like Steve Wilkes, Steve Wilkes existed for like one year and now he's like a folk legend. And I feel like that's what David Cully and Davis Mills are going to be. But Davis Mills still gets a chance to be a starter around a terrible team. Yes. But I don't think Davis Mills would get to be a starter anywhere else. So I don't know if any of the listeners remember this, but I'm sure, I'm sure you do uh, a couple of pod, several podcasts ago. I, I was speaking about like how oddly high I am on this Texans roster, how much I kind of like it. And the fact that there's just a bunch of guys who are just, solid and out there but like, yeah and for context be... this was after the week one win against the jaguars was when we did that podcast i don't think so i'm pretty sure it was or maybe I'm, maybe, I'm maybe it was the podcast where we did 25 minutes on the anthony miller trade maybe it was one of those two <laughs> it, it might have i bet it was that one honestly i think it was that one because i'm pretty sure it was before week one 
because uh, I remember I remember he's saying like I, I doubt they're going to win a lot of games, and I, I think I said it, I think they're going to finish last in the NFL. But I like their roster and I like where they're headed because I love the philosophy of just signing just these guys with like somewhat still hidden potential to minimum deals. You get Anthony Miller. You have guys like Farrell Brown on your squad right now. You have, um, you know, just, just so many younger, you know, older guys, David Johnson, Melvin Ingram, Philip Lindsay, uh, Alex, or Alex Erickson was there. He's gone now. By the um, way, but, yeah. Alex Erickson is apparently on the Panthers. And I, there were right. so many players like that in this game where I'm like, oh my gosh, they're there now. The biggest version of that was not a player, but it was Lovey Smith. I was made so happy that Lovey Smith has found his way back into the NFL. Unfortunately, it's defensive coordinator for the terrible Texans, but it made me so happy to see Lovey Smith has found a job back in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like just the Texans in general, I just like everyone there are are, are just almost like uh, misfits in a way. Like just guys that just kind of came out of nowhere, the land of forgotten. You could say like all the I mentioned this. I mentioned this in several podcasts. If, if you don't know where a player's at, it's probably the Texans. Like that's just where those guys are at, and they're actually performing pretty solid. I mean, I, Davis Mills, for example, he's my quarterback. He was my quarterback six in this draft process this year. He was, you know, I think he was pretty clearly behind Mac Jones, uh, like maybe ten or more points uh, behind. If I can go back and look in a little bit, I, I will. Um, but I mean, like I, I knew that he was going to be. Uh, a guy that's just going to maybe be a long-term backup for a while. You know, nothing more than a Gardner Minshew, I-, I would say, right? But I love the idea of the Texans picking him up and getting him because he's a guy that they can just bank on to be a potential bridge quarterback for a while and so they can find the right QB if they're going to move on from Deshaun Watson. And if somehow, some way, they end up keeping Deshaun Watson, you know, he's, he's feeling fine as a backup. So you can kind of do both uh, in one. Of course, you also had Tyrod Taylor to pretty much do the same, and I like that as well. I really think I really just like what they're doing at each position. I think it makes a lot of sense. They're making it to where, you know, they're worrying about the role players right now. They're going to get the star powers down the line when they're getting a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of money coming in in the next couple of years for free agency, a lot of really, really high draft picks. That's when you can start acquiring your stars and you already have the players around them to match, you know, match up. I mean, this is a solid Texans team right now. If they add six or seven Pro Bowl type players, this is a great team. Well, so of those guys they have now, because a lot of them are like like plug-and-play guys, like Anthony Miller was traded for because he only has one year on his contract. Like, which are the ones that you think are still going to be there even next year? I mean, we can talk two years from now, too. But, like, which ones are – I don't know which ones are still going to be on the Texans of all those names you listed. Like, I don't think any of those running backs are going to be on the Texans yeah. long-term. Uh, I don't even know if Davis Mills is going to be on the team long-term because they're going to have a coaching change somewhere in the next couple of years. Um, I know they've been shopping Justin Reed. I think they did trade Bradley Roby. I think is he not? I don't think he's yes. there anymore. Yeah, isn't he? I think he's a Seahawk. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe uh, I, I feel like he did get traded though. But, but anyways, but I was just wondering. I don't know how many are still going to be there at this point. Well, well, to answer your question, I, I definitely think guys, in specifically like Christian Kirksey, is someone like he's been really good for them so far. He's been really impressive. He's been a guy that has bounced around and has not been able to find a true NFL home at all throughout his career. But this has been a guy that's been a, a, he's had several really good years at uh, linebacker. Like, he's a solid linebacker that I think could be a starter for a team. And I think that he probably, I think this is a chance that he found his home right now in Houston. I think this is a great place for him. I think he can he can be a guy that gets a hundred plus tackles per year, and he's a legit 
Mike linebacker, if he can stay healthy. Desmond King II is another great cornerback. He was kind of kicked to the side uh, with the Chargers um, because of the addition of Chris Harris Jr., uh, as well as already having Casey Hayward there. And that really just kind of forced him to almost change positions into a safety. Then he went to the Titans and, of course, didn't do much there because the Titans were just desperate for a corner. I think he's finally found a, probably a potential home now um, in, in Houston as well. Uh, I also look at guys like Farrell Brown, currently the starting tight end. I thought he's been really good lately. I believe he's currently second on the team uh, in reception yards right now. I think there's possibly that he, maybe he's found his home. Um, I would love to see them resign Anthony Miller. I like the way they use him on his team. I think he could be pretty solid on the team. I mean, uh, I think he can be pretty solid. I mean, there, there's certainly players that they might let go that might think that I think that could stay. But I mean, they have a couple of guys on here that I could see being long term, um, just just potential backups or low end starters for this team that could be pretty solid for the future. I mean, it's not like anything overwhelming, but I, I think that this is a great start to a long rebuild. Yeah, the bulk of their team is going to come from, I mean, when we did our Rebuilding the Texans series, I said get 30 draft picks in the next two years, and that's kind of where the bulk of your team is probably going to get built. Part of that might be, you know, trying to get Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell in the draft next year. I'm not sure how many games they're going to lose this year, but if this is any indication, if they if they were getting smoked by the, like, Christian McCaffrey and J.C. Hornless Carolina Panthers, then... I think it's going to be a it's going to be a long season for the Texans. Probably end in a top five pick, um, but I think that's kind of what we expected at the start of the year was that they were going to be terrible and they were designed to fail. And they're doing slightly better than expectations. I don't know when Tyrod Taylor comes back, but that might make a difference too. Considering that uh, I think the stat is since uh, Tyrod Taylor got her. so when Tyrod Taylor was playing, they were outscoring opponents by like. 14 points and since he got hurt i think they've been outscored like 40 to 16 or something like that so like people are pointing to tyrod taylor was like carrying the texans to start the season so i don't know when he comes back or if that even makes a difference at this point because tyrod taylor's a starter but he's like starter like 32 or 33 at this point yeah i mean tyrod taylor is kind of just the guy that's out there to you know not he's i mean pretty obvious i think and everyone's gonna figure this out by now he's not gonna be in any way improving your team at all but he's kind of a safe option at a quarterback he's not gonna make overwhelming mistakes how Jameis winston was in the past or nathan peterman kind of has been to where he's gonna throw three or four interceptions a game he's a very very safe player and i think what he does really really well is he recognizes that he doesn't take he doesn't want to take too many risks right if he can if he can survive a game throwing a four or five yard pass each play, he's going to take it. And I, I think that's kind of what makes Tyrod Taylor just safe, you know, bridge quarterback because he's not going to necessarily hurt your team and demoralize your team too much. He's just going to be a safe option. But, you know, it's pretty obvious that you're going to need some downfield pass. You're going to need some talent overall. And honestly, I think Davis Mills probably offers more of that right now than Tyrod Taylor does. Tyrod Taylor's had a couple of good long passes this year. But through my scouting reports of Davis Mills, you know, this is a guy that doesn't have an overwhelming farm but it does have potential to throw it deep does not have over, overwhelming accuracy but he is certainly accurate at times i just think that there might be more potential to davis mills's game right now than tyrod taylor so if you do want to take a risk and go davis mills that's fine i also think tyrod taylor is really impressed so far so i wouldn't mind if maybe you know he gets a shot to continue to start either way i think you know these are two fine options to be bridge quarterbacks for the future and and Texans are really, you know, putting themselves in an interesting position draft-wise. I have really, really started scouting. Uh, this has been my first, like, I would say, official back to scouting for the 2022 draft. 
Um, and, and I've definitely, I haven't been submitting grades yet, but I've been doing like early scout and keeping track of some of the films of players, you know, trying to figure out what the strengths and weaknesses are right now. And, and I'll go ahead and say, I'm not sure if there's a quarterback that goes in the top five right now. I, I really, really like Sam Howell. I've been high on him for a long time. He's been my QB one for, for the, throughout the process. And a guy that you're also going to hear in the first round of the draft process a lot is Matt Coral quarterback from Ole Miss he's currently probably the favorite Heisman candidate right now and he's been pretty solid as well but I mean these are guys that have really not given me any reason to put them above a lot of other players currently that I am watching I, I am very high on Kayvon Thibodeau which is the edge rusher from Oregon I really really like Derek Stingley the cornerback from LSU Andrew Booth the cornerback from Clemson um Christian Harris, linebacker from Alabama, has been pretty impressive. I don't know if he's top five right now, but he could be sneaking into the top ten possibly. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, is my number one overall player in the class right now. He Isn't is there an offensive lineman from Bama that's like 360 yeah, Evan, pounds? Evan Neal, an yep. absolute monster, a big, beefy guy, super good. DeMarvin Leal as well, defensive tackle from Texas A&M, is a brute monster is really good i'm also very very high on jordan davis the other defensive tackle from georgia i mean those are guys that i'm listing right now that i think is going to probably gonna be a higher than the qb1 of this draft which is probably the first time we have seen that in a long long time we have not seen a qb outside of the top five in, in quite a while and i think it's gonna be very interesting to see how the texans handle this pick because if they're going to want to commit towards a a, a Quarterback, I think a great option is trading down three or four spots, acquiring more draft assets, and possibly even acquiring a player in the process, and maybe even more cash if, if you would like, and 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 being able to just add more pieces. I think that would be a great option for the Texans if they end up recording a high pick, and I I, I just think that's what I think would be a great um, scenario for them is to be able to trade down from possibly pick three to pick nine, getting three or four draft picks in the process, maybe a player, maybe something else, and then. All of a sudden, you have so many more assets that you still get their top quarterback of the class. That's just absolutely ideal for them. So there's two things I want to circle back on here. One of them is Matt Corral because uh, he is the Ole Miss quarterback that's like dominating because we really don't have a Heisman Trophy candidate this year. Like Bryce Young had that first game against Miami that wowed us. And after that, he's just kind of been meh. And so we just, in absence of a Heisman Trophy candidate, we're just throwing this dude with the gaudy stats out there, even though no one has watched any Ole Miss football this year. They just saw the stat line of him whooping up against Tulane. Uh, here's the reason, two reasons why he can't win the Heisman. One, a Lane Kiffin quarterback is not allowed to win Heisman. Two, an eight and four team in the SEC should not win Heisman. And there is an exception to this, and that's uh, Lamar Jackson, that Louisville team went like eight and four when he won it, but still they, they reached like number five in the country at one point, they just kind of fell off at the end of the season. Once they realized they weren't playing for a championship. So that's where I'm going to poop on the Matt Corral Heisman train here. Sorry. I didn't mean to be rude to Ole Miss, but just kind of is what it is. Um, the second thing I'd say is with the, with the quarterback thing, is it because this class is weak is it because the teams at the top of the draft may not need quarterbacks or is it like some combination of both that we wouldn't see a quarterback in the top five this year? It's really more or less a combination of, of three things. And that being the first two you already mentioned. And also I just think it's the fact that this is probably one of the best classes we have had along the trenches, the offensive line and at quarterback in a long time. These are the three, definitely the three strongest positions right now, early on in scouting. I would say for sure this is probably the best cornerback class we have had in several years, several years. This cornerback class is elite. There are currently four guys that I see right now battling top 15 spot 
difference between, I already mentioned Andrew Booth and Derek Stingley. I also am very, very high on Cincinnati cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner, who I like a lot. And another guy, Kyer Elam, who I have not been as high on as other people, but I do know a lot of people who have in the top 10 right now at cornerback as well. Four guys are just really, really good that are going to be really high picks. I can see a chance that three of them go in the top 10, which is unreal for a cornerback position. Evan Neal's a beast already. There's another guy, Jackson Kirkland, off the tackle, who has been really, really hot and pretty good. Kentucky's interior offensive lineman, Darian Canard, the guy that's getting a lot of top 10 hype right now. And I've watched a lot of Kentucky tapes, so I already know what he's like. He's an elite uh, tackle in, the, in college, but he's probably going to switch over to guard with his absolute brute strength and the ability to uh, really get to the next level and block on the run. He's an elite run blocker for a certain team. I think he can definitely be a really important high pick in the draft as well. And also the two defensive tackles I mentioned, the Marvin Leal and Jordan Davis are probably some of the best, like one, two punch guys we've seen since like Ed Oliver. Like these are two guys that I'm, I, I'm connecting to like Ed Oliver. Uh, you think of like Quentin Williams, kind of like that breed of defensive tackle. They're going to be very, very high in the draft. Um, I would say probably a step above how Derek Brown was. People really were high on Derek Brown. I think both these guys right now, early on at least in my process, I think are probably better than Derek Brown. So I think there's certainly a chance that they go in the top 10 as well. The Marvin Leal definitely, I think, could go top 10, maybe even top five. Jordan Davis maybe has some work to do, but I, with the trajectory he's going on right now, he has really impressed me. He had a dominant game over Clemson um, in week one. I really think he's a chance to be in the top 10 as well. So, I mean, there's just a lot of really good, talented guys. But at the same time, um, you know, Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler have both really struggled so far this, uh, you know, this couple of uh, games. Of course, Sam Howell lost his week one uh, game, I believe, to Virginia Tech um, and, and really struggled. And, you know, the big question mark for Sam Howell was how was he going to perform without his top four weapons, Javante Williams, Mike, Michael Carter, Jami um, Brown and Daz Newsom, and there was a big question behind if that was just maybe the, the weapons being so great for him that it's not a problem, or is it it's truly his talent? And I think right now a lot of people are questioning whether that's true or not because he's really struggled so far with the lack of weapons he has now. At the same time, Spencer Rattler has almost all the weapons that he wants in the world. He has so many guys that can really go out there and perform well. And for some reason, he's kind of going back to the the old Spencer Rattler that got benched after the first half. Like, it's just a big question of whether or not he, maybe he just got on a really hot, lucky streak all of a sudden. And maybe there's a question mark on if he can continue the talent that he had last year. Um, I, I just think a lot of people expect him to take a jump. and almost seems like he took a step back to, back to where he was before whenever he first started at quarterback. Um, Matt Cor Corral right now has probably been – I mean, I've watched a little bit of Ole Miss tape. I know the average fan probably has it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, but you're a crazy person. We've established yeah. this. You're, you're a crazy yeah. person who watches two hours of Ole Miss versus Tulane. Right. I mean, I, 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 I really like it, and I'm definitely going to keep an eye on their, their future matchup against Bama because I think, I think it's going to really say a lot about how good he is. But, I mean, he's looked really good. He's fit everything that we like want to look at in a quarterback. He's not a Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence – I wouldn't even say he's really a Zach Wilson or maybe even a Justin Fields either. You know, this is a guy that's probably going to be in what I would imagine in like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example. I, I, I mean, you got to go back a like, few years. Like, so if Drew Locke yeah. is like a high second round pick and Jalen Hurts is like a high second round pick, where would you kind of put that in the spectrum? Like late first, like a Jordan Love? Yeah, with Matt Corral, I think right now you're looking at a mid-first just based off of, like, um, value. But if I'm, if I'm putting Matt Corral in last year's draft class, I'm just going to just gonna throw that out there. Last year's draft class, I'm, I'm probably saying he's probably 
like right in that Mac Jones area right now. And like, and you know, I was uh, maybe, maybe a little bit higher Mac Jones. Yeah. Cause uh, didn't you have, um, you had like a high third round grade on Mac Jones, right? Yeah. It was, it was more like a, I mean, it was a, it was a high third for a regular grade, but with like, you know, position it, bonus thing, right? Position, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like value. Cause you know, quarterbacks are, are going to have second round talent. They're going to go round one, right? Like I had a second mm-hmm. round talent on uh, Trey Lance and he went round one, of course. Um, and, yeah. So yeah, Mac Jones was a was an early third on my original grade book, but I he, I had him predicted going early second round in a draft. Um, so I, I think that you know Matt Corral I kind of look at as like a probably it, when he comes out to my grading book he's probably going to score like maybe an 84, 85. That's a mid second rounder. It's a guy that I would probably have going mid first or late first round right now. And he's a guy that's probably contending for the top quarterback spot. I still I'm still going to have Sam Howell there um, right now. I, I I'm just so high on Sam Howell from the last year. I really, I just, that 2020 North Carolina offense, just go watch it. It was so much fun to watch. I will, I'll take it a step further. If, if you're short on time, just watch highlights of the North Carolina Miami game from last year. Yeah. If you want to know just how crazy that offense was. So much fun to watch. I mean, just so entertaining. Two elite running backs, two elite wide receivers, and a great quarterback to give them the ball. It's all around was beautiful to watch. Um, all, each of them have their own flavor of style, too, and that makes it so refreshing and different to watch them all play uh, separately. I won't go into detail, but it is really, really fun to watch those guys. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, of course, there is a, maybe a lack of talent there. Now, they still have a pretty solid wide receiver. I haven't really ta- seen too much, but, but I've heard he's pretty good. But outside of that, they really don't have anyone else. And I do struggle to, to see, like, you know, why people are, are already starting to hop off of Sam Howell's bandwagon after just three games with a very, very bad set of skill positions. I think people are overreacting a little bit. Um, but, you know, if, if it continues to be a struggle, maybe I will move him down the list in a little while. But right now, I, I really, really think Spencer Rattler is kind of falling off my boards a little bit because I'm starting to worry that maybe this was just him having a, a couple of good games and he's not going to come back. Because Oklahoma is all around. just doesn't look that good compared to what we kind of thought they would be. A lot of people thought, you know, I believe they were season ranked too, right? So, I mean, everyone, they're kind of dropping down the, the ranks, even though they're winning games, they haven't really showed anything to kind of tell us that they're any more than what they were, you know, last year. So mm-hmm. it, it just really kind of is a question of, you know, how good this team actually is. And if the quarterback is really just kind of a fraud in a way. So I, I'm, uh, I still have Spencer Rattler as a QB two. I haven't done any official grades or anything. So this is all kind of like. Officially like, right okay. here. We have it in stone. Blake Jude is calling Spencer Rattler a fraud. This is official <laughs> right now. He is calling Spencer Rattler a fraud and he's going to be a bust. Now I'm saying that I'm taking it a step further and saying Spencer Rattler is a fraud and a bust. We have it live here on the take it easy podcast. I just we just need to see if he can go back to where he was going to at the end of the last season, and I, and I hope to see that. I hope to see him get even better, and I hope to see him in this Heisman conversation because I don't think I think if if we don't see Spencer Rattler in this Heisman conversation, I mean I, I don't think he's going to be a top four quarterback in this class. Um, a couple of other guys that I think are are looking at round one. Um, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati, is a guy that has you know, been pretty solid throughout, I think is probably looking at, you know, he is the Daniel Jones of this class. I think he's a guy that people are probably going to have as a late second, mid second, you know, pick, but I could definitely see him, see them looking at him and looking at 
Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell, for example, and just being like, we like Desmond Ritter more, we're going to take Desmond Ritter. It's like how the Giants do with Daniel Jones because Ritter does have that big size and just I, I definitely look at Desmond Ritter as kind of like John Elway's quarterback. This is the guy that John Elway's going to look at and be like, give me him. <laughs> so I, his I definitely next see... second round pick. I don't think John Elway's making the decisions there anymore, but that's his next tall second round quarterback who's going to play exactly. for the Broncos for two years. Well, I can definitely see them even taking him first round and just not risking him falling. You know, like kind of like how Daniel Jones was. They just don't want to risk it. They're going to take their quarterback now. And the Broncos could have a higher pick, so that's that's actually more fair because I'm right. used to them picking the top ten. They might they might be somewhere in the teens this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking like 15, 16. I think that's probably where I can see Desmond Ritter going right now. Carson Strong, the quarterback from Nevada, is a guy that I haven't really evaluated a lot, so I won't talk too much on. But yes, Mountain West represent. Let's go, Carson Strong. I saw one mock draft back in like July, like too early mock draft that had him as like the number five pick in the draft. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm adopting this guy from the Mountain West now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, I've watched one game of his, and you know, he looks to be pretty good. I I think all around he he could be really solid uh, at quarterback. I don't know if. I could definitely see him being, again, one of those Trey Lance guys but to a much less degree where he maybe could sit a year or two to kind of develop and, uh, you know, figure out, you know, his act, like accuracy and decision-making, just kind of like those basic things that you can be coached into. And I think then he could be really good. And, and even then, I, I watched one game, so I'm not too sure. Maybe I'm just seeing something different uh, from that one game. So we'll have to see. But Malik Willis the last one from Liberty, another really small school, a guy that no one really talks about a lot. He is really really fun to watch uh i really enjoyed him i've seen a lot of people say that he he's exactly what the saints need as their uh next quarterback um and, and that i think that would be really fun he's a very entertaining quarterback to watch as well i just to watch out uh malik willis those are kind of like the three other um i would say like late first mid second round quarterbacks right now it really kind of feels like there's six solid quarterbacks this year and last year there were four great quarterbacks and like two okay or one okay guy and then the rest are mid-round people right this one's kind of like six mac joneses almost oh good lord (laughs) which means six (laughs) franchises that are going to have to talk themselves into a franchise quarterback Okay, well, like, and, and, you know, they each have their own style. They're a lot different than that. Yeah, but just, like, and just I, I know what you mean. I maybe know what like, you mean. Maybe like that. six Daniel Joneses or six True Locks. Like, they're not going to be – or maybe like six Johnny Menzels. Like, not exactly entailing how well they're going to perform, but like draft stock-wise, how people are seeing them. You know, he, they're not going to be seen as top five prospects, but they're going to be middle-of-the-round quarterbacks that are probably going to be reached on and go a little earlier just because people need a quarterback. Yeah, this is going to be painful for Lions fans and Steelers fans having to talk themselves into whichever quarterback they get then. There's a legitimate scenario where we might see um, – I, I think I, I was looking at it last. There, a lot of the people are doing their draft orders based on like uh, Super Bowl odds. And I, I think right now Washington football teams uh, picking like 11 or 12, there's a very good chance the Washington football team will be the first team to take a quarterback off the board at 11 or 12 as of right now. So that's where I'm at. At the moment. Yeah, I don't I, think, I think we've seen like, that in 25 years. I don't know when the yeah. last time that even happened was. Until we see someone just shock us and, and come and, and just break out, I, I don't see it happening. And and right now, if I had to guess, it probably, it's, it's probably Sam Howell. It's probably the first quarterback off the board, probably at like 11 or 12 to Washington. You're going to see 10 or 11 guys, just skill position players. Uh, you know, I, I would say mainly 
um, cornerbacks, offensive linemen, defensive linemen who are going to be much higher valued right now. At the same time, there's just a lot of teams at the top, you know, the Eagles, the Bengals, uh, the Jaguars, uh, you know, a lot of teams that are just really aren't that quarterback needy anyways. You know, you have the Lions who, you know, might need a quarterback, but they also already have Jared Goff kind of locked in for a while. They've really made an effort to try to fix the offensive line. Maybe it's now time to fix the defensive line as well. Um, you know, I, I look at teams like maybe the Bears, uh, maybe the um, Giants. Like, these are teams that I think have pretty, like, okay positions right now at quarterback that can use some help somewhere else that are, might be very, very high in the draft this year. So, I just think that where teams are being positioned right now in, in the top ten, there's just not really anyone that can see taking a quarterback, which is fascinating because, like you said, it's been maybe a decade since we've actually seen that. I have the answer to that. So the last time a quarterback wasn't taken in the top 10 was 2013, which is universally regarded as the worst NFL draft of the last 20 years. Just God awful draft class. This is the Eric Fisher class that was followed up by Luke Jokel, Dion Jordan, then Lane Johnson. So that was a pretty good one. Then uh, Ezekiel Ansa followed by the Browns taking Barcavius Singo and ready to Mingo. Then the Cardinals taking Jonathan Cooper, Tavon, then Tavon Austin, D. Milliner, Chance Warmack, DJ Fluker, and DJ Hayden. So Lane Johnson and Eric Fisher are the only pro bowlers in that class of the top 12. Everyone else is just terrible. And it, it, it keeps going so. further, but I, EJ Manuel was the first quarterback taken. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I don't think the class is that bad. They definitely have right now five stars like five guys that i'm just going to write down right now as potential stars and you know i kind of mentioned them already earlier kyle hamilton Derek stingley Kayvon thibodeau uh evan neal uh demarvin leal are studs like these are guys that i'm going to have you know pretty high grades on uh 95 plus right now uh, see i so, thought for a second you were talking about the 2013 class i'm like yeah it gets better later in the draft but like the people that were regarded as blue chips were all terrible like i think kelsey was like a third rounder honey badger was in that class like deandre hopkins it gets better later but the the, the blue chippers were all just busts just busts across the board in that draft and that was also a time where i think we were seeing a lot of people reevaluating how they draft nfl players we kind of see this every year kind of see like a or not every year, but like every like decade, maybe we see like a, a year where we just kind of figure out like the new quote unquote, like game plan for every, for a certain team, like all of a sudden they, a new schemes installed and this team just starts dominating the league, like the air raid and stuff like that. And then you're like, okay, well, we're going to draft to try to mimic this. And then they do that and it never works. And then they try to figure out something else. And they just figure out their own way of doing it pretty much. We kind of mm-hmm. see that every now and then it might've been a scenario of that, but like, I didn't scout 2013, so I can't speak on how I thought of all those players. I had no clue. And honestly, I didn't even know a lot of those names in there. To be completely honest with you, I don't remember a lot of those guys. But You don't remember I mean, Jonathan uh, Cooper, the guard for the Arizona Cardinals? <laughs> I, you know, I wish I did, but I straight up don't. <laughs> There's some fun names in here, though. Like the Steelers took Jarvis Jones in the first round. Uh, Sharif Floyd uh alec ogletree like there's just some weird names your Bengals actually did take giovanni bernard in the second round so that was a good pick on your part i'm also surprised giovanni bernard never made a pro bowl i, I would have thought he would have made a pro bowl maybe as like a special teamer or something 
Yeah, um, you know, it's a little, I'm gonna get a little topic. Giovanni Bernard was like always like our RB2, like, never was an RB1. The Bengals, like, the moment he lost Jeremy Hill, they were like, oh no, we have to get someone else. So they, they go out and, of course, draft Joe Mixon. Um, and you know, before that, they had been Jarvis Green Ellis, they had uh, Cedric Benson. So, like, they, they've always kind of like stuck with their like workhorse running back, and they just kind of drafted Geo just to kind of be that one pass catcher. Uh, that just kind of changed up everything a little bit. And he offered a great, like, breath of fresh air whenever Jeremy Hill was out. And he was very reliable as a pass blocker in specific. So I loved his gameplay uh, and, and the way he just played the game in general. And actually, was I was really rooting for him to start whenever, you know, Jeremy Hill, of course, had the fumble and basically the entire Bengals organization or entire Bengals fandom just turned against them. I was like, let's let Geo start. Let's see how he does before we worry about drafting a running back. But of course, Mixon comes along and I'm not complaining. I love Joe Mixon. So I'm, I'm definitely happy with that. But yeah, he, he just never really had his chance to shine. He's not really a special teamer either. He was just kind of like that RB2 that just kind of sat in the back and was the third down back at all times. So never really got the best chance. Kind of like Tariq Cohen. You know, like Tariq Cohen's never going to make a Pro Bowl either. But like he's he's always kind of been that third down back that's just kind of there and makes good plays every now and then. You just kind of see him around. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry uh, I did that to you because um, I was I, – I'm sorry I brought it back to the Bengals because I was specifically trying to avoid <laughs> Bengals talk because of just how putrid Joe Burrow looked last week and we, we kind of yeah. want to ignore that. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta listen to this next podcast. I got dropped, and it's I do a lot of complaining. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just was trying to avoid bang. It's fun when they beat the Vikings, but after after that game against the Bears, uh, we're we're gonna avoid the Bengals talk. I do have a fun stat to transition with here. It's just genuinely unbelievable. Is that uh, this far through the NFL season, um, your passing touchdown leader is forty four year old Tom Brady. This early in the season, your receiving touchdown leader in 2021 is Rob Gronkowski, because, of course, your touchdown leader is Rob Gronkowski in 2021. And right now, your rushing touchdown leader in the NFL is Sam Darnold. <laughs> uh, he said that one has an extra week on them, so maybe that's why. <laughs> no, of course, yeah. that's why. It's Sam Darnold. He rushed for two touchdowns against the Texans and threw for like 300 yards. Sam Darnold Revenge Tour 2021. Yes, we're going to milk content out of that, but you know, I love also that. Lamar so Jackson, Lamar Jackson, third in the league in rushing yards too. I mean, I, I guess we all kind of aren't really surprised at that, but still, it's just like what in the world is twenty twenty one. They have the hack. The Ravens have their their quarterback and running back play the same position. It's a it like not in the not in the make fun of Lamar Jackson for being a running back sense. Like they've combined two positions into one at this point with Lamar Jackson being a quarterback who can throw 30 touchdowns and be the third leading rusher in the NFL, which is unbelievable. I think Joe Mixon's number two right now, which obviously early in the season, but you know, a victory for the Bengals that Joe Mixon is whooping up on people. Yeah. Mixon had a great uh, week one and then had a pretty solid week two as well. He actually outgained Dalvin Cook week one and then outgained Devin Montgomery week two, which is like, what <laughs> how is that happening but a revitalization for joe mixon after we said his contract was terrible he's he's kind of turning it around after which this never happens to running backs when running backs age out they usually don't turn it around but joe mixon through two weeks small sample of course but joe mixon has had a career revitalization and the, the same career revitalization everyone thought would happen to zeke elliott <laughs> happened to joe mixon yeah. quietly the Bengals also currently have the third-ranked run defense right now, so I don't know how that's happening, especially against Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery. 
But is like, it Sam Hubbard? Just... Is Sam Hubbard the reason? Which <laughs> DJ DJ Reader. Remember the the post you made several weeks back where you're like, I can't name any of these like three half of these guys, right? And oh, that was a while ago. That was when they did yeah. the um the jersey reveals, and I'm like, right, I yes. I can't name more than three players on this list of seven <laughs> star Bengals, yeah. and one of them I knew was Joe Mixon, and the other was Joe Burrow. Yeah. So uh, DJ Reader and Sam Hubbard were two of those other guys, and they have really been the the guys have really started stopping the run. They also got uh, Larry Ogunjobi, who's probably a fun name you probably forgot about, maybe. Yeah, uh, I did and, forget um, about him, but he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's been really good in the run stopping and pass rushing all around. And they got this other guy named Josh Tupal, who's been a really good uh, nose tackle as well. So he's got a lot of guys that can stuff the run right now, and it's there's been a uh, I've been really impressed with how this defensive line has performed for Cincinnati. And, you know, we, we try to get off Cincinnati. We just keep going back yeah, to him. I, totally I can, what we I can move off that. of that because I do have a bit that I brought into this from one of the podcasts we did before. But uh, I, I'm scared to say that I really like what a player is doing because I did that last week with Josie Jewell and then he tore his pack in week two. So I'm scared <laughs> of what I can do this week if I say I really like what someone's doing, which I guess now is Joe Mixon, unfortunately. I think I may have just cursed Joe Mixon. You know, I, I, I kid you not, I'm in this group chat with a couple of my friends, and we were just talking about the entire game on, like, Thursday, uh, or today. I guess Thursday would be, you know, later on. Yeah, no, we're recording this on Thursday, but it's yes. podcast They're drops hear on Friday. It. Well, yeah. Right, right. So, yeah. But uh, <laughs> literally, my friend mentions J.C. Horn, and just the next play, he breaks his foot, right? We're like, what in the world? That was weird. And the next moment, you know, we're talking about, like um, – uh, Ross Blacklock. I mentioned Ross Blacklock. He gets hurt, and then I, I swear it was someone else. Um, I, I think DJ Moore got hurt at the end of that DJ game Moore. too. Yes, yeah, DJ Moore. Like literally, we just kept naming these players, and I'm not even kidding. Like two or three plays later, they get hurt, and it was like, what the world is this curse right now? Like I swear, we say a player's name and they go out for the rest of the game. It's like, what the heck's happening? That whole game was just cursed. By the way, I think the I think the attendance for that Texans game was like lower than the capacity at SoFi, not SoFi, at the soccer stadium the Chargers used to play at. Like less than 30,000 people, I think, showed up to that Thursday night game in, in Houston. It was genuinely, I'm going to say, like there's a lot of Charlie Whitehurst and Blaine Gabbert games, but that might have been the worst Thursday night football game ever. It's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty damn close to being one of the worst bars of a really bad game. Like there's a long line of bad Thursday night games, but I think Panthers Texans might take the cake, which kind of breaks the streak of fantastic primetime games because there for a minute it was insane. Like, we well, had, it was insane uh, except for the Bears Rams game. The Bears Rams yeah. game was one that we just right, kind right. of forgot about, but every yeah, other but, but one was, was awesome. Well, yeah, I'm just excluding Sunday night because, yeah, but uh, yeah, the M- Monday and Thursday games were fantastic. Like, we, what, what do we have? We had um. Uh, Buccaneers Cowboys um, on the first week of Thursday, which was a great mm-hmm. game, and then the Ravens Raiders, which was fantastic, probably the my favorite game so far this year. Um, Giants and in Washington, Giants Washington, which was a great Thursday night football game, and then uh, what was our Monday game? I well, it's Lions Packers, but we got Chiefs Ravens on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Chiefs Ravens on Sunday night. Yeah, so I mean, like, th- there's been a couple of really great games and then they just give us the Panthers text and it's like but that's just you know Thursday night has to fill uh all the teams that are just aren't going to get primetime games that's kind of also the Panthers and Texans are only playing each other because of the 17th game so the way they did it for the like there's some exclusions but the way they did it for the most part is like one seed in the AFC plays one seed in the NFC from last year so like Chiefs are playing the Packers and then they account for like division games and stuff like that 
Panthers and Texans is like second worst NFC team versus worst uh, or second worst NFC versus second worst AFC. So they just kind of put those two together yep. and said, let's make a game out of this. Yeah, right. But like, you know, like uh, primetime wise, they have to each have one primetime game. So you're just thinking like, oh, we're just going to fill in this terrible game week yeah. three that no one's going to watch just to kind of get that over with. So they don't I, have to be on I think the before. only matchup worse is like Falcons and Jaguars. And I think they sent those two to London. So they put them at an even more obscure time than Thursday night football to yeah. try and hide got, Jaguars, Falcons and Panthers, Texans. You got Jaguars, Bengals on Thursday as well. Uh, I think maybe that's what you're maybe thinking of. That one will be but, more uh, fun. At least, at least maybe. it's got like or interesting storylines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, but uh, that's the one Bengals uh, primetime game, and I'm used to it. Like as a Bengals fan, it's like you know we're not interesting. No one likes us. So we get one primetime game a year, and usually it's just the Steelers or Browns. But this except that one course. time last year where Von Bell lit up Juju Smith-Schuster, and you guys Beautiful. got to be the kings of the world. Just the best moment of my life, honestly. Like, I'm <laughs> it's not been a brutal joking. five years. It's, it's been a brutal been a five. five. It's been a brutal just entire decade. <laughs> yeah, but at least you got the playoff runs in there. Anyway, so we're running out of time because we also got to get picks in. So I do want to play this game a bit because one of the most fun I've ever had on the podcast was when we did that game back like the first week of August where um, we, we figured out uh, with um, football outsiders rankings who were the luckiest and unluckiest yeah. passers early on in the season and you guessed literally every quarterback before you could get <laughs> the five unluckiest passers yeah. um, literally every starting quarterback you guessed so I have another version of that here today and it is through two weeks it is the list of highest rates of downfield passes which are passes 15 plus yards for down the field so this stat was circulating on the internet this week because Andy Dalton took 50 pass attempts and only threw one ball further than 15 yards down the field, which is truly unbelievable. Like even Alex Smith was doing that at least like five times in 50 passes. Like it's genuinely unbelievable that he could only throw the ball down the field one time in 50 passes. So on the list, we have the, the, we have like 36 quarterbacks, but for the purposes of this list, I'm excluding people who have like, you know, f- 10 passes or something. So Davis right. Mills doesn't get to do it, even though Davis Mills was the sixth highest coming into today in downfield passes with uh, 22%. He was four for 18, but huh. we're, we're not going to count Davis Mills on this list. We're not going to count Justin Fields on this list, who's somewhere in the middle uh, Fitz magic doesn't count, but Heineke does count in this game. Um, but no Fitz magic and, uh, no Jacoby Brissett on this list. Okay. So take those ones out and just focus on the starters who would like be most of the snaps for their team. And I want to see it. I mean, I've given you Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's the worst, um, da- is throws the ball is the biggest check down passer this year. So if you're at the bottom you're the biggest check down passer. And if you're at the top, you're taking the most risks down the field of 15 plus yards. So you can pick whichever one you want to start with. Do you want to pick the the biggest check down quarterbacks or the ones who are throwing the ball down the field the most? Okay. I I definitely want to start with the top because I definitely feel like I can do better in that one. And the other one has to think a little bit more. Um, so and if you name one i'll tell you which one they are on the top five so you don't have to like get them in order if you just hit one i'll tell you where they are all right so kyler murray 
Kyler Murray is not in the top five. Okay. Wow. Okay. I definitely thought he would definitely be there, huh? Um, Derek Carr. Derek Carr is fourth. So Derek Carr has taken the fourth most chances down the field. I think he leads the NFL in passing yards right now. Yeah, he does. That's what. That's definitely why I thought of that because he's taking a lot of shots and he's he's taking a lot. I mean, he's got he's leading the league in passing yards. So obviously, yeah, he's um, got that okay, one. I gotta go Patrick Mahomes down every six weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah, I gotta go Patrick Mahomes because Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes so is not. not in okay. the top five. And since you won't guess him for the bottom, Patrick Mahomes is like 20th on the list. Huh. That is wild. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of Kelsey safety blankets. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I also think though, Kelsey kind of somewhat can go 15 plus yards too. So uh, yeah, it's maybe. usually like yards after catch with Kelsey and Kittle. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, huh. Um, I'll say this is interesting. Can I give you a hint on one of them? Yeah, you can if you want. One of them, I think, is actually leading the league in completion percentage right now. Wow. I might be misleading, but they're very high in completion percentage, but they also are taking the most risks downfield. That's impressive. Um, it's a fun okay, name, I... too. Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, no, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. No, okay. Well, I know he had a big shot, Debo Samuel. And so I was thinking like maybe he had more because Debo Samuel's had a couple of big games. But, uh, okay. Um, huh. I'm going to go through my head through each division like I always do. Uh, <laughs> we might have to go through 32 again. Is that how this yeah, is going to go? <laughs> no, no, I can definitely eliminate some in my head. Um, okay. I will, I will say... Huh. Let me go. What about Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater is not in the top five. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Which is an interesting bet because I think of Teddy Bridgewater as check down Teddy a lot. He's like a game manager, but he's actually in the middle here. I think he, the field. He's higher than Mahomes in shots down the field. Yeah, well, he's taking a couple. I, I know. I, I know the Denver Broncos offense definitely likes to beat past KJ Hamler and Cortland Sutton. They're both definitely dominant deep threat guys. So I thought maybe they you know, took a couple of risks and let them go deep. Um, Seems like exactly correct. They've taken a couple. They've they've done a fair amount more than we would expect the Broncos to do. Right. Yep. Um, what about? I guess I got to go Russell Wilson too. Maybe Russell Wilson is third in terms of most yeah. deep balls. Or highest yeah, percentage of deep balls. I, I don't know why I didn't think of him sooner because definitely, you know, Tyler Walking, DK Metcalf live off deep balls. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay, that's two. Um, a normalist, I'd say Kirk Cousins, but I don't feel like he definitely didn't do a lot week one. So I don't think he's on this list either. Um, what about. Ooh. Um, Hmm. I just definitely thought of one that's definitely on the other side of the list, though, so that makes me happy. Uh, <laughs> what about... Hmm. Is Josh Allen? Josh Allen is not in the top five, no? although he's close. Okay. He's, he's close to the top five, but he's not in the top five. 
we're gonna do another one where I just name every player again. And this is it's tough to be fair. Like you know, you have to watch every game. No, <laughs> of course. It's it's one of these statistics that it's you know, like you can once you see it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. But when you're thinking about it, you're like, man, it's really hard to figure this out. That's why I wanted to play this game is because it's similar to that like lucky, unlucky quarterback thing. What about Baker Mayfield? That's the guy I gave the hint about. He is fifth okay. on the list. And he's also, I think, like 78% completion percentage. And he's wow. taken a bunch of shots down the field. Yeah, that's impressive. I, I guess the, the name get, got me a little thrown off there. That was, that's why I said Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a fun name. <laughs> but, yeah. And I know he's, no, Baker's the one that's been super impressive. Um, there were two yeah. names I realized because I wasn't sure if him or Herbert was leading the NFL in completion percentage. I think it's one of those two. But I, for a second, I'm like, oh, it might be Herbert, actually, not Baker. So I got Carr. I got who is the other two? Or, you got, I got Wilson Carr, at three, Carr at four, three, and Baker yeah. at five. Wilson. Wilson. Okay. You gotcha. need one and two. I'm surprised Kyler Murray wasn't on the list. Mahomes, I, I definitely have seen less of shots, so it doesn't surprise me. Um, I will say, I definitely thought that by now would have gotten one and two. I didn't think they'd still be available, so that's, that kind of surprises me a little bit. Um, Are you doing the division thing right now? Yeah, I just I just go through every division in my head <laughs> and and basically just think of quarterbacks I think through throw often deep balls. I probably skipped a few already, but I'm trying to I'm trying to think. <sighs> Maybe Tom Brady's on the list. Tom Brady is number two, leading the league wow. in yards and touchdown or leading the league in touchdowns. He's like third in yards, but yes, Tom Brady is number two on this list. And is Dak Prescott? Is not Dak Prescott. Okay. Okay. But maybe he got that. But uh, all right. So that is a fair guess. That first game more. was kind of chaotic. Yeah, he definitely had a lot of deep shots for game one, which is why I kind of thought he also had a kind of a shootout with Seattle. So maybe. Um I'm trying to think of like high scoring teams, but at the same time, it's attempted deep shots, it's not completed, right? It's no, it's just percentage. Just... It's percentage of passes 15 plus yards. So it's just percentage of passes that are going 15 plus yards. It didn't have to be completed, right? It's just attempted. No, just attempted. Right. Okay. Um, huh. Am I crazy to say Jared Goff? <laughs> <sighs> They they have they have taken more chances with Jared Goff, but no, Jared Goff's still yeah. kind of in the okay. middle. Yeah, I was gonna say because I'm mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of like a team that has taken shots. Um, I definitely don't think Rogers has. Just fun fact: Rogers is six, so he just missed the. T- well, he's technically okay. seven because Davis Mills is ahead of him, but Rogers is right. six for our purposes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that surprised me as well. I didn't think that would be the case, but uh, okay. That makes I guess, some sense. Um, hmm. No Mahomes, no Kyler. That's crazy. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Not Matthew Stafford. Really? Wow. I definitely thought I got that. Cooper Cup. Huh. Cooper Cup's a yards after catch guy, right? I think kind yeah, of. Yeah, but 
but he's gotten like definitely only gotten like two like 50 plus yard touchdowns i think this year so far so i thought maybe who had the first one it was either him or van jefferson had the first one i can't remember uh yeah van van had the first one and cup had the second one in that game yeah so i thought definitely that might have been what it was i, I was confident in that too hear my voice um, Stafford was so for people who didn't listen to the podcast back in August Stafford was the last name that he, he went through 31 quarterbacks and then got Stafford to finish yeah. the game last time he was this is literally the last quarterback available <laughs> I named about half of them already too um hmm. I, I refuse to believe it's Jameis Winston it's just not the case see that uh, would be a stereotypical bet but no it's not Jameis Winston okay okay <laughs> That's good to hear. Sean like, Payton no has way. neutered the deep ball out of him a little bit. Right. Exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah, um, I think he's actually in the bottom half. Like, I think he's just, yeah, he's just above Mahomes. So he's like technically around like the middle. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, I know he's taking deep shots, but I doubt he's there. Um, golly, this is tough. Is it Taylor Heineke? It's not Taylor Heineke. Nope. Okay, I was thinking McLaurin. Some deep balls. Um, McLaurin had that one crazy catch that was impressive. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm basing it off of. Hmm. This is a tough one. It, it, okay. Just for a little bit of a hint. So when I when I saw it originally, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And now that I see you struggling with it, I'm like, it makes sense why he wouldn't guess it. But after I heard the name or I saw the name, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But it, it is kind of difficult. Really? Yeah. After I saw it, I'm like, yeah, okay. that makes some sense. Um... By the way, this person is also top 10 in pass attempts so far this year. Pass attempts as well? Yeah, just total pass attempts. Hmm. What about... Lamar Jackson? It's not Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson okay. is... Lamar Jackson's slightly below Mahomes, so he's in the... He's, he's closer towards check down than he is to deep ball. Um... Ryan Tannehill. Maybe. No, it's not Tannehill. Not even. Okay, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like guys with like solid wide receivers. And man, um, Justin Herbert. No, it's not nope. Justin Herbert. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm, I'm so bad at this. Um, dang it. It's a it's a totally random stat. Like I'd be just going through, I'd just be listing quarterbacks too if I if I didn't have the stat in yeah. front of me. I'm just going through my brain right now. I'm just thinking like, it's not Matt Ryan, is it? Or like, no. nope, it's not Matt Ryan. Um, oh my god. Okay, I low key just want to say it at this point because it's so good. Yeah. Okay. So hold on. I've got. I'm, I'm just scrambling through my brain right now. I know it's not Joe Burrow. Just go ahead and say that. Um, I know it's not Baker. It's definitely not Big Ben. It's not Lamar Jackson. It is not Josh Allen. It's not going to be Mac Jones. It's not going to be Mac Jones. Um, it's not Tua. It's not. Who's the other quarterback in that 
Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson obviously. Yeah. yeah, Zach Wilson. It's not Zach Wilson. It's not Carson Wentz. It's not Ryan Tannehill. It's not not any of the quarterbacks for Houston. Maybe Trevor Lawrence. It is Trevor Lawrence. Really? It wow. is Trevor Lawrence. Wow. That yeah, Trevor wild. Lawrence has and it's a it's a wide margin too. So Brady's at 25% and then Wilson's at 24, Mayfield 22, um Derek Carr just 22 and a half. Trevor Lawrence is at 29.8. So he's wow. you know, almost 5 percentage points ahead of Brady. I can see why you would think like that makes sense because you know the Jaguars have been down in a lot of games. So they definitely need the deep ball to start connecting if they want to come back. So maybe that does make sense in that case. Well, and, and the turnovers really was the ball. reason is that, you know, right. Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions. I'm like, I don't think I saw him throw four interceptions at Clemson, but that makes it, it starts to explain the interceptions because right. the further down the field you throw it, the higher percentage chance of having an interception. It also continues to show why Urban Meyer is not an NFL coach as bad as I feel for him. He's or at the very not. least why Daryl Bevel will be a one and done coordinator. I don't know why people right. still hire Daryl Bevel. I don't know why we're still doing that. I I just feel terrible for Urban Meyer. Did you hear his quote saying, like, I didn't realize the entire NFL would just be playing Bama? Yeah, and then I loved the uh, the top comment on that post where someone said Urban Meyer went to the NFL and thought he was going to be playing Purdue in week seven. (laughs) Like, I just feel bad for him. Like, who do you think he was going to (laughs) play? Yeah, the NFL is a different animal, which maybe he's looking up. He's like, maybe I made a mistake, but. I think they're going to ride it out. I'm sure it's expensive to fire him. We don't know what he's making, but I'm sure it's a lot of money. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Without a doubt. But I, I definitely think if there's, you know, preseason, you're telling me like, well, who is a one and done coach? I think we could all probably reach an agreement. It was probably David Coley. But I think at this point, it's more likely that Urban Meyer gets fired before David Coley does, which is kind of crazy. Genuinely unbelievable. Saying that now is genuinely unbelievable. <laughs> Who would have guessed that? that Nobody. Nuts. Literally, the same people who are guessing Sam Darnold's going to lead the league in rushing touchdowns or Gronk's going to lead the league in touchdown catches. It's unbelievable. Yeah, this just doesn't happen. I guess it's just right, crazy. So we got Andy Dalton at the bottom. You can either guess the other four or you can try and guess six too because six is kind of an interesting one. So uh, Andy Dalton is the biggest check down quarterback. Who, are, who else is on the check down list? <sighs> Hmm. Okay. Um, As if that wasn't torture enough to go through the top for you. Let's let's go through <laughs> let's the rest. Let's go through of the them. bottom as well. At yeah. the very least, I've told you where a bunch of people are too. Like people, I I had a feeling you wouldn't guess at the bottom. Okay. Um, I think maybe Sam Darnold could be in one of those. No, Sam Darnold. Nope. He's lower on the list. I think he's like tenth fewest, but uh, Sam Darnold's yeah. lower there. Okay. Um. I think Joe Burrow would be low. I don't know if he's lowest. Joe Burrow is ninth. So he's uh, ninth, about the yeah. same percentage as Darnold. They're both about 12.3%. Yeah, he hasn't taken a lot of shots. And that's been a big issue for Cincinnati. Um, I'll say Big Ben. No, Big Ben is actually in the upper half, surprisingly. I was stunned by that more than I think anyone else. Big Ben is... Well, he was a, he was a big chick down guy last year. No, I know. His arm is shot. And I, I'm surprised that he, he threw the balls. He was second fewest yards per pass attempt last year. And this year he's higher yeah. in taking shots down the field. I guess it's promising for Pittsburgh, maybe. 
Yeah, uh, he's well, actually he's, surprisingly he is slightly higher than Kyler Murray. Oh, I, I definitely got one now though. This is the guy I was thinking earlier, Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones is fifth fewest. Yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty obvious. We, I think we mentioned last podcast, the world check is just doing everything he can to hide Mac Jones. So yeah. it's kind of total sense. Technically sixth, but also Jacoby Brissett's on there, but I'm not counting Jacoby right. Brissett for the purposes of this. They wouldn't let him throw the ball down the field and they scored zero points because of it. What about the other Dolphins quarterback, Tua? Uh, Tua is tied with Mahomes, actually. So he's in the middle, like okay. 17, 18. Okay. Which part of it's just because he didn't throw the throw the ball very much in the Patriots game. It's he's only thrown. I think actually he because of his injury, he's the fewest of people that were counting because he only threw like twenty something passes against the Patriots. Right. So had he played a full game, had he played a full game in week two, he still would have been one of the fewest passers in the league. Yeah. Uh, what about? Zach Wilson's done a lot of interceptions, but I don't know how many deep shots he's taken. Zach Wilson's tied with Big Ben area. Um, okay. Him and uh, him so and half. Stafford me. are there. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. What about? Um. I'm thinking maybe Jalen Hurts. Hurts is in the lower half, but not in the bottom five. I can give you a hint too. You actually guessed some of these people in in your top five of uh, biggest over the middle. Of course, guys. I did. Yeah, there, there's actually a couple of them that you guessed up there that I can remember. Okay, Taylor Heineke. Nope, not Heineke. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Tannehill is actually seventh fewest, so he's close, okay. but not quite in the five. Okay. Um, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is fourth on this list. Well, uh, which, I would never guess that. No, I was surprised too that, that Matt Ryan was at the bottom, but yeah, Matt Ryan has the fourth considering he threw two pick sixes against the bucks. He's still somehow fourth on this <laughs> list. Uh, I made it. I made a joke earlier in the week because we were talking about Baker Mayfield. That's basically like so. Quarterback purgatory is like falling off a cliff, basically. And Baker Mayfield is like he's he's comfortably over the edge of the cliff. Like he's not Stafford, where Stafford's like relaxing, you know, look staring at tier two and a half. He's like I can almost get to Brady's play. And Baker Mayfield's like close enough where he can look over the cliff and just see Matt Ryan sprawling, holding on to one branch just to not fall into quarterback purgatory, <laughs> just barely trying to hold on at this point. <laughs> um, I'm thinking, I don't know if you already maybe said what where he was at, but maybe Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is third fewest on this list, wow. despite the fact that he is only behind Tom Brady and Jared Goff in pass attempts. He is third fewest in shots 15 plus yards down the field. I guess just trying to slowly work him back from his injury. That one was also sense. more surprising than Matt Ryan to me. Just because yeah, I watched I that Bucks page or that Bucks Cowboys game. I was like, I felt like he had so many passing yards, but I guess they were all yards after catch. I love how I always get five, four, and three before I get two and one. I just well, one we already gave away with Andy Dalton. Oh, Andy so, Dalton, right? That's right. Yeah. So I, I just so need two. You got six. two. Um, yeah. I guess you could you can guess six too. I probably will guess six in the process of getting it. So. Yeah, before you get to two, um, you'll get to six. Uh, let's see. What about maybe Kirk Cousins? 
Kirk Cousins is six. So yeah, there you go. Okay, because I know that a lot of his big, a lot of the big gains for the Vikings were yards after catch, mainly from KJ Osborne, who's been out of nowhere really good. Uh, I yep. just got him in fantasy. So um, yeah, all right. Uh, of course, he gets six before two. It makes total sense. Um, let's see. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's in the middle. So Te- okay. Teddy Bridgewater. I think said that already. Yeah, we were saying he's. We would have thought he would have been on the list like Mac Jones, but he the yeah. Pat Shermer's yeah. taking more risks. Right, right. I, I'm done. I, I told him about that conversation. Um, I mean, if it was my choice, I just would have said all the rookies. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? It is Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo is the second fewest. Uh, yard passes 15 plus yards down the field, which means they're just game managing their way to victories of not covering the spread against the lions and barely covering the spread against the Eagles. So. Those are so hard. Like I, I don't like, it's just I unnecessarily like just so difficult to guess those. And it makes us so much fun. <laughs> well, this is, this is the difficult part about this game is just that there are stats that have no correlation to like, Oh, well we're watching this. And we can determine this like we can get an idea like we know Mac Jones is a game manager, but it's really hard to figure out because it takes a real like it takes looking deep into the the stats to figure it out. Yeah, and that was, I guess it makes it super unique, like like the average like NFL genius just wouldn't know about that at all. Oh, no, right. Yeah. It makes it kind of fun. No, no one, no one could see that unless you had the stat in front of you. Because also, it's small sample size, so probably over a long season. Like the one before, I, I mean, the one we did back in August, I thought would be better, just because it's a larger sample size. But you guessed all thirty-two quarterbacks on the way there, so I think he only <laughs> did like twenty-six. I don't think you guessed Carson Wentz at any point in there. I don't think you guessed. Uh, well, I guess he did do Kyler at the beginning, but um, I don't think you get list, um, who's the Daniel Jones. So there were a few that you got before you got to the end of the list. Yeah, so I guess it gives me some hope <laughs> that maybe in the future this can be better. We'll see. I'm just going to get used to like just figuring out these like crazy weird stats to the point where it's just like I know them all instantly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a good strategy, I think. So, uh, you want to make your picks for the week here to close this out? Let's do it. It was another pretty rough week last week, huh? I'm doing yeah, not very another, good. So another far. two and three. You're you are sitting in last place. To be fair, you are in last place, but it's only by one game right now. So, DSD's in first, six three and one. Myself and Walter. Well, technically, I'm six and five now because I had the Panthers and they covered the spread against the Texans. So technically, I'm six and five. Walter's five and five, and you are four and six to kick off the season. So I got to bounce back. This is a bounce back week of some sorts. All right, let's start off with your game: Bengals and Steelers. Steelers are three point favorites at home. Oh. Oh man, I hate this. You can have a different one too. That's no problem. You can have a different game. It is your team, so I won't. I won't make you pick your team. Yeah. Um, we can do yeah, Falcon. You you have to take the Falcons or Lions though. If you're gonna pick, if you're gonna like ask for a different game, it has to be Falcons or Lions. It's <laughs> <That's> even worse. <laughs> um, I'll stick Bengals Steelers. I have a strong feeling that this game's probably going to end up in a tie for me anyways, which is why I feel good about it. Um, I can definitely see this game ending in three points either way. Um, the only problem is the injuries are going to play such a factor in this. 
Big Ben isn't healthy. TJ Watt isn't healthy. Joe Hayden isn't healthy. Deontay Johnson isn't healthy. T. Higgins isn't healthy. Bengals starting right guard Davis Tuafilo isn't healthy. Bengals starting cornerback Trey Waynes isn't healthy. I don't know who's playing and who's not. Uh, so that's why I'm scared. I mean, I'm, I know who's playing in the Ravens-Lions game. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely do. Um, I don't like to just cop out and pick another game, though. I'm going to play – I'm going to play it. I'll say – I had the Steelers winning for what it's worth. I'll say the Bengals cover. All right. You are rolling with your team there, which, again, that's three points, I think. I think Walter picked the same game and he got the Steelers at like four points. So I think the line is moving in favor of the Bengals. So uh, I guess good news for you in a certain way. The Bengals they, are the kings of covering. <laughs> I guess just they always cover. So yeah, I'm just they're, they're going to be that team this year. I think the Cardinals with Kyler, like his rookie year, were that too, where they were like, uh, eight and something against the spread. There were like six teams that covered the spread in the first two weeks. I think one of them was the Texans, which is really funny, but yeah, yeah they, they get the, I think, well, I know the Texans didn't cover in week three cause I had the, the Panthers. So, <laughs> right. uh, it's still cool though. So, uh, this as well, by the way, I got paid. Nice. I, got I bet them early. I got seven and a half. My friend actually bet eight and a half in there for a minute. I thought I was going to win. <laughs> he was going to lose. That was going to be hilarious. And then they scored another touchdown at the end. I so. had it at eight. So if Darnold doesn't score at the end there, that's why I'm saying kick the field goal, kick the field goal. Because if they yeah. don't score at the end there, then I, I get a draw instead of a win. That would be so, brutal. Yeah. I, I'm glad Darnold scored that touchdown at the end. So. Uh, next up we have Cardinals and Jaguars. Cardinals are seven and a half point favorites at Jacksonville. Until I see Jacksonville, just the moment I heard Urban Meyer even bring up Alabama during a post-game interview, it just scares me for the sake of the entire Jacksonville Jaguars team. Kyler Murray is currently my favorite MVP right now. Uh, I think he can don't fall that. into the trap. We did the second place to Russell Wilson MVP awards last year. Don't fall into the week two trap. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm just saying that right now he's the favorite. And until I see him fall off, you know, Russell Wilson took a while to fall off. Um, this, this is a winnable. I mean, this is a game that Cardinals should win, should win fairly easily. Um, Trevor Lawrence could cause problems, but one thing I've been very impressed with with the Cardinals is their secondary. Their secondary has been fantastic. Um, uh, cornerback uh, Byron Murphy is a guy that I was really high on in the draft several years back. He was going early second rounds to the Cardinals. I believe at pick 33. That was the same year they drafted Kyler. Uh, he has been locked down. Great corner for their team right now. I really like what the Cardinals have been doing with him. And of course, they have a pretty good safety in Buda Baker as well, who I like a lot. Um, I think they can be pro- there can be problems for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Also, Chandler Jones, who is insane, just like a monster. Like, I'm sorry for any offensive tackle who goes against them. Uh, Jaguars made a huge mistake of franchise tagging Cam Robinson of all people uh, this year. He's going to have a matchup nightmare against Chandler Jones. Uh, uh, I'll take the Cardinals to cover. See, this is interesting because I would have been with you, but then I just opened the game and I see that 93% of the money is on the Cardinals right now, which means Vegas knows something that we don't. But I would have been right there with you picking the Cardinals. I'm like, this seems easy. Seven and a half feels like it's going to be a blowout. Vegas has this as a classic trap game, I guess. So I'm 
nervous about that a little bit. So the Jaguars cover this game's rigged. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this has been a rough year for you because I think you're like seven and three in picking winners, but you've just taken like three L's against the spread. One of them being the Giants in Washington last week. Right. Yeah. Now, and and in the one the one game last time I did it that I guessed as like a maybe a surprise was Carolina over over New Orleans. Like I thought New Orleans would still win that game, but Carolina would cover, and Carolina covered and won. So like I'm just it's not been it's not been a fun uh a bit of fun start. You've been second guessing yourself. That's, that's that's what it is. You're second guessing your picks. So, uh, Chargers are at Kansas City this week. Kansas City's first, uh, I think, yeah, first ten o'clock game of the year. So, uh, Herbert versus Mahomes. Chiefs are six point favorites. Ooh, I, I like the Chargers to cover here. Uh, I think the Chiefs win, but like this is a game I could see like. 20 to 17 like that wouldn't surprise me one bit Ooh, uh, so you're like, feeling the chargers defense uh, i am i'm kind of i'm you know uh, more or less like I, i'm not worried about my homes and the, and the chiefs but i definitely feel like you know they're they haven't shown to be like anything you know the chargers played them close i believe both games last year weren't they both like in single digit games like really really close i want to say well the chargers and, won one of them but that was like week 17 where they benched all their starters maybe okay I don't the, remember the, the first game? one they played. I don't remember. I feel like it was super close. Um, and and you know, I mean, the Chargers have been playing teams very close. Uh, they had a, a pretty big scare against Washington, I believe, week one, and they lost to uh, who they lost to was it Seattle. Uh, they, they lost to Dallas last week on a Dallas. last second field goal. Dallas, yeah. So I mean, like they've been playing teams really close. I think this can be the same case here. Um, I, I I mean, I do worry that you know the Chiefs are probably still going to be too much for them. But I kind of, I kind of like LA to cover. I, I think it can keep this game pretty close to respectable. Plus, it's an in division opponent. Uh, kind of the same with the Bengals Steelers. They just always play close. Um, yeah. So uh, I'll take the Chargers to cover. I still think Chiefs win. Yeah, I think that's a fair bet. I would lean with you, but I don't feel confident enough in that one. No, um, I don't but... either. But I think it's definitely more likely. Fun fact, too, the Chiefs have not covered either spread. Obviously, they lost to Baltimore, but they did not cover the spread in each of the first two weeks. So. You are uh, you are rolling with the trend of the Chiefs going zero and three against the spread. I like it. All right. Yeah, Next I mean, up. it's just yeah. they're they're just being they're super uh, unpredictable right now, right? Like they, they keep games. They're playing down to their opponents is what they're doing, and that's why I kind of think this is why I think LA could possibly cover Seahawks and Vikings, and the Seahawks are one and a half point favorites against Minnesota. Is it at Minnesota? Yes, it is at Minnesota. All right. Minnesota has had the most unlucky first two weeks of a football team probably ever. Like, I feel terrible for them. Like, two plays go the right way. Dalvin Cook does not fumble the ball week one. And what was it? Oh, oh the, kick. The, of yeah, course, just... the, the missed kick. Yeah, the, the game winning kick by Greg Joseph. If that go, he literally made a 53 yarder to send it to OT week one against the Bengals. And then, like, this, this game is to win, and he shanks a 37 yard field goal. By the way, the call on that is a masterpiece. Can I just say like we played was... it on the DSD podcast? It's oh, yes. it's so it's so rough. For that Shout guy. out Gus Johnson. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was I was talking about the um, the Vikings oh, oh, broadcaster oh, who said it was it. good. Oh. The, yeah, was it? Oh, was that on radio? Yeah, that was on radio. He said it was oh, good, my. and it was uh, no good. 
I was so I heard that one too. It was so brutal. I was like, oh no. I do like what you said. Whoever what whoever at Fox decided or came up with the idea of putting Gus Johnson and Akib Talib in a booth together, he or she Gold deserves duo. a raise. They need yes. a raise for coming up with that idea. Yep, golden duo. That is beautiful. But yes, I heard both of these two calls and I was like, man. Because honestly, the kick almost did look good go in. So like, I, I can see why he said that. But like, oh my god. Yeah, I don't but know I mean, how it moved like that because they were in. They were they weren't outdoors. It was in a dome stadium. So I don't even know how the kick moved like that, unless he just sliced it. It, it, it looked like like off his foot. It was going. It was going straight, and then at the end, it just kind of like, I don't know. Maybe like the ball like took a different angle or something, and they just started flipping the other way. Like it was the weirdest thing. Like it looked like it would go in. Uh, and that was such an easy kick for him. And I think he had been perfect uh, on the on the you know first two weeks since then or before that. So I was really shocked that he missed an easy field goal, especially whenever he showed that he can hit him in clutch time against Cincinnati. So I don't know. That was that was well. It's been an unlucky first two weeks though. And, and for Seattle, they have looked really good. Um, they just got the rough luck against the Titans in week two. Right, right. They kind of had an, another time to struggle. See, I'll be honest. I was originally leaning Minnesota, but I definitely think the biggest weak link to Minnesota's team right now is the cornerback room, especially when it comes to deep balls. And that seems like one of the few things that, you know, not not few things, one of the many things Seattle is very good at is the deep ball. Um, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, whichever whichever one is not lined up against Patrick Peterson, is going to really dominate over the cornerback two. Uh, I'll take the Seahawks here to win. And cover. Uh, I, I th- and cover the, I mean, it's one and a half. It's basically like a pick them, but right. why, with your luck, it's going to be like a one point Seahawks win or something with your luck uh, this season. I, see, I was wanting to say the Vikings can win this game, but at the same time, looking back on it, I definitely think the Seahawks are clearly better than both the Bengals and the, um, who was the team that they Cardinals. lost to? Just Cardinals. I, I kind of feel like the Seahawks are definitely a step above both those teams right now. So I think think that the Seahawks are, are going to cover this game. Yeah, I'm picking the same thing as you. I'm picking the Seahawks to win. Lock it in. Doom, doom. Man, Vikings starting 0-3. I, they, they play, I think they play someone good the next week, so I think they're going to start 0-4 because they play someone really good the next week. Um going to be the last of Mike Zimmer, huh? Yeah, they play the Browns the week after. Um, so they, they'll probably lose that one too. But, um, I mean, Mike Zimmer it's not that Mike Zimmer has been bad. It's just, he's kind of worn his welcome there. And they're kind of at a, a weird pivot. Cause I, th- I think if I remember correctly, I think not after this year, but next year they can get off of Kirk cousins contract with like a $3 million cap hit or something. They need to like, do that. They it's, need to do that. Yeah. They, they've got like two years left of Kirk cousins and that I think they might pivot to a new coach, new GM, maybe um, I don't, that GM's riding that one season of a great defense all the way through. I think it's Spielman or something, but he's been there for like a decade. He's just riding the wave of that one year. They had a great defense. Um, they so need maybe to they'll... move on. I'm sorry. I, I was just saying, but maybe they, need... they finally fire him. Yeah, they, they need to move on from Danielle Hunter, even though he's playing really well. I think that you know this needs to be his time to go. Everson Griffin, you know, he it's probably going to be his time. Uh, Eric Kendricks, I think it needs to be his time. Adam Thielen, uh, Kirk Cousins, of course, like all these guys. I think you just need a reset. You got a couple of good future pieces like Brian O'Neill, Justin Jefferson. I really like Irv Smith Jr. Dalvin Cook's going to be a long-term piece for this team. Um, 
Darisaw was the I, first I, round pick this year. Yeah, of course, Christian Darisaw, uh, Cam Dantzler, the cornerback, uh, I think could be a, a good future piece. I, I think you also need to move on from Harrison Smith eventually. I think he could probably keep him around for a while. He can I think they just signed him to guy. an extension. I think Harrison Smith have. got an extension this offseason. You know, and, and I'm okay with that. I think he can probably stay for a little bit, but I think they need to get another safety back there at least, uh, you know, to, to kind of, I guess, play alongside Harrison Smith. So maybe, maybe I'm okay with that. But uh, definitely need to reset a corner. Uh, I, I would like to see a, a new wide receiver across from Justin Jefferson. I really like when I'm seeing K.J. Osborne, though. He can definitely be that third guy. But I, I want to see another guy eventually when they move on from Thielen. Um, I, I would love to see uh, just more additions to the linebacker core. They already added Chaz Surratt and Troy Dye from the last two drafts, who I think could be possible future pieces. But I think Eric Hendricks is definitely shown to be the easy top dog there. And uh, you know, it's just a matter of time before we start to see him start to go downhill a little bit. How old is he? Like 33, 32, maybe? Something like that. Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, uh, that linebacker, you know, he's, he's starting to uh, get a little bit older and up there uh, in age overall. He's 29. So, you know, he's, he's not that bad. Uh, but, you know, I, I think he's getting a little up there and they should just start looking to finding a replacement for him eventually. Um, it just needs to be a reset in, in general for the Vikings. And I think we might start seeing it here the next two years. You just brought up something that I was playing the other day, which is just Jesus Christ, that running back is young. Because um, I, I was looking at Devonta Freeman and Devonta Freeman's like 29 years old or something. I was like, that can't possibly be true. He can't be that young. Um, I remember, uh, do you remember Deonta Foreman? Yep. Uh, he, he was a Texas running back and, and then he was on Houston and Tennessee. It felt like he was like one of those just veteran power backs. He's only like 26 right now. I was amazed by that. He's only like 26 years old. Le'Veon Bell's like 28. Um, yeah. Gio is still pretty young, like 27, I think. Giovanni Bernard is 27. That can't be true. Uh, maybe he's 28. That would be unbelievable if he's that. Because I think of him as like a 35-year-old just like going to the page. Jesus Christ, he's 29. 29. Jesus. Yeah, I I thought he was 27. My fault. I might have been from Madden last year. That's (laughs) unbelievable still. 29. I think of him as like a 35-year-old just like playing the last year of his career. All these dudes are still super young. Yeah. I think Latavius Murray was fun. Uh, yeah, but I, bet Lata- I think he's like 31, isn't he? Yeah, Latavius is 31 at least. That one, he's yeah. at least a little older. Um, yeah, I think Mark Ingram's like the same thing. Tariq yeah, Mark Cohen Ingram's well. like 31, huh? Tariq Cohen's really young too. Tariq um, Cohen, I could see. Tariq Cohen, I remember 26. him being drafted okay. though. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Uh, Todd Gurley's about- the fun one too. Todd Gurley's what, like 27? Yeah, Todd Gurley's 27. Uh, Melvin Gordon's 28. That's just unbelievable because these yeah, dudes are just. Crazy. Oh, I, I, I remember the I remember the really fun one. Alfred Morris is only 32, and he's been out of the league for like three years now, except for that one game where he beat the Seahawks in Seattle last year. Yeah, I think another fun one for me is like I mean it, it's he's still old, but like I feel like he's been a lot older. Mark Ingram, only 31. Like I feel like I remember. I feel like a baby whenever he was in college you know like yeah he won a heisman like over a decade ago now right and so to see that he's you know only 31 is is pretty shocking to me david johnson as well is another one that kind of surprised me as well how old is he uh i believe he is only hold on let me look it up 29 years old yep jesus christ yeah Oh, that's unbelievable. Philip Lindsay's 27. That one's crazy. That's that, that, actually, actually, I feel like he's a lot 
younger than that because he came out of the draft what three years ago three or four years ago but he was like a super senior at colorado that's why he went undrafted yeah but uh, we also have breaking news into the podcast here. It's not breaking news when you're listening to this, but for us, it's breaking news, which is that JC Horn has a broken foot with no timetable to return. Brutal. Um, A broken foot's probably going to be eight to 12, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like absolute best case scenario, seven weeks minimum. Or if you're the Colts, magically three weeks for all your guys when they break their foot. (laughs) Yeah, because they're just magical. They they literally have like magic potions to give to their players because they just just come right back right after. By the Um, way, we still have one more game to pick, but can we laugh at the fact that Carson Wentz fractured both of his ankles or sprained both (laughs) of his ankles in one game? (laughs) It's impressive, honestly. Like I don't know how that happens. Uh, Like I feel bad for him. Like I hope he gets better and returns, but like. Uh, it's honestly, so I've funny story. I've actually sprained both my arms, and ironically, it was on the last day of school during a basketball pickup game, right a day before vacation. So I actually went to the beach with two temporary casts, which I couldn't go in the water with, and I basically looked like I was just a, I was just wrapped up in everything, just sitting there at the beach. It was where so are there bad. beaches in Kentucky? Where where I, mean, I didn't beaches? go I didn't go to a beach in Kentucky. I went to Florida, but like I, ah, I left okay. after school and got there like in the middle of the night. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was it was hilarious. It was like I literally broke my my wrists, got like a temporary cast on, and literally left the beach right after. <laughs> it, was, it was like of course that happens to me. Yeah. You and Carson Wentz can be brothers around that. Carson Wentz now has foot and ankle problems, which is not good. But good news is that if the Colts are going to suck, because right now they have like the number five pick through two weeks, if they're going to suck. As long as Carson doesn't play 75% of the snaps, they get to keep their first round pick this year. It's a really fun thing we get to track this year is that Carson has to play 75% of the snaps for that to be converted into a first rounder. And if he doesn't, it becomes a second rounder. I can definitely see them near the end of the season if they're like five and ten, just not play Carson Wentz at all. It's like we're going to take this first round pick. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the beginning of that. They, you know, they're going to be like, take your time with the sprained ankles. We'll roll Jacob Eason out here a couple weeks as our contingency plan. Being zero two sucks for them. That might be another team if they get a first round or take a quarterback. Would not surprise me one bit. Yeah, they've been kind of delaying the inevitable there. Uh, we got one more game here. So Dolphins and Raiders. Raiders are four and a half point favorites in Vegas. It's by the way, Jacoby Brissett, quarterback for the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, and I, even with Tua, I've just not been impressed with the Dolphins at all. I feel like they are quite overrated. And honestly, I had been saying that for quite some time. So I'm give myself a pat on the back there. Stuck, the Dolphins were pretty well frauds. Uh, and they got away with a lot because of a really poor division outside of Buffalo and a pretty the best way schedule. to mask a, the best way to mask your defense is by generating a lot of turnovers. And that's what they did last year and came up like 11th in the league. So if you stop generating turnovers, which they've had, they've had a fair amount, then your defense doesn't look as impressive as it does before. Right. Um, I, I've been very impressed with how the Raiders have performed the first two weeks. I do worry that they maybe are riding a little too high right now and they might just get a trap game here with the Dolphins. Um, but uh, oh gosh, man, I don't know. This is tough because I, if, if you told me this week one, I, I would just scream Miami. Like, There's no chance the Raiders would have won this game, but they look really good. 
Uh, even with Jacoby Brissett, four and a half points. I'll take the Raiders to cover. I could see this being the one, though, that definitely could go the other way. Um, but I'm riding the hot hands right now. I'll say Las Vegas covers this. Uh, I won't bet against them until I see them start to struggle again. But, I actually did man, what you said in week one. I picked the Dolphins to cover against the Patriots, and it came through for me. <laughs> there you go. Um, but uh, I yeah, then picked I them again last week, and they lost by 35. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely didn't think that you'd meet the Bills, um, but I, I I think I worry about I worry about the offense a lot. Uh, Jalen Waddle I think could be a pretty solid piece for the future for sure. I worry about Miles Gaskin and how well he's going to be. Um, one of the Gasekis uh, is just uh, you know he's he's just a Gasecki, and that's yeah, all we need to they've say. They've got about a Gasecki, you know, seven hundred yards, seven touchdowns. I don't think he has a touchdown yet, so eventually a Gasecki no, will come through. Say. Yeah, I guess he's been pretty quiet. Uh, of course, Will Fuller is still trying to struggle with COVID and suspension, so we haven't really got to see him, I guess. I know they're really struggling with, I think, some injuries right now on the offensive side of the ball as well. Devontae Parker hasn't shown too much yet. Um, it's just a lot of question marks in this offense right now. The offensive line is still very imperfect, still struggling quite a bit. And, of course, after that really hard hit with two his cracked ribs, there's just a lot of questions right now on the offense. Uh, defense looks okay, but at the same time, they, they did offer – I mean, the Bills just ran all over them pretty much. Uh, not actually running, but <laughs> just destroyed them. So, I mean, technically I running, that, Devin Singletary had like a 50-yard touchdown run that I've been waiting yeah. for for a year and a half. Man, I really wish Devin Singletary was a bigger part of the offense. But, yeah, for sure. I, I think that – um, I, I just until I see the Dolphins come back and the, the Raiders start to struggle, I'm just not going to bet against it. So I'll, I'll take the Raiders. When asked why Will Fuller is out, is it injury or suspension? The answer is yes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> at, this <laughs> point, at this point, it's it's just yes if Will Fuller is suspended for something. <laughs> yeah. I, Will Fuller has just been – it's crazy. Like I, I really wish we saw him get. I, I really wish we saw him get a like a full seventeen game or sixteen game sleep just to see like how his stats would be put up. Because I feel like each year, had he played a full season, he would have gotten a thousand plus yards. And we've been talking about Will Fuller as maybe like a top fifteen wide receiver, which is unreal. He played like, he four years played. with Deshaun Watson. Like it's it's amazing. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just, it's crazy. I, I, I would imagine that, like, maybe, you know, if you just give him a, a chance to play a, a full set of games with a, with a good QB like Deshaun Watson, then maybe you would be able to see him as as absolute fullest, but he just can't stay on the field. And that, that worries me for the future of his career. When you said that, I'm like, no, there had to be one season where he got all the games in there. I was like, there had to be like a rookie year or something, but you're correct. He has never played a full season. The most he got is 13 games one year. So he got 13 his rookie year, then 10, 7, 11, and 11. And he has not played this year for Miami. Right. Yeah. So I mean, he really hasn't played. Yeah. And and I think each time he's what, like, I believe he's gotten like 700, 800 yards. Like he definitely would have reached a thousand maybe three or four of those, or maybe three yeah. or two, two or three of those years. So Last like year was, was his career high, and he had 879. And he has a couple 600s in there, a 500 and a 400. So, like, maybe, like, three of those seasons, he would have gotten 1,000 yards, which is, like, you know, if, if we were seeing this consistently from him, we're talking about a really good wide receiver that could have gotten a big free agent market last year. But here he is, you know, 
being Will Fuller. Yeah, here he is being yeah. Will Fuller. He just kind of seems like the uh, – I mean, you're just waiting for Jalen Wall to pass him almost, you know. So it's crazy to think that he's fallen off that much. I think this guy's got a lot of talent. We're just – it's just one of those guys that you just really wish you could see him play a full season. Whatever happened to Preston Williams? He's hurt right now as well. Oh, okay. Really I was like, uh, there, yeah. I think I drafted him on my fantasy team last year. I'm like, oh, he could be a number two receiver. So he's a good flyer to take. He kind of just disappeared after that. Oh. I see on the Dolphins. I believe he is, but I know. Yeah, he's I think hurt. he's still there. Yeah, he's been he's been out. I think he might be on the pup list. But even then, I think or, now uh, they they realized Preston Williams is not a wide receiver too. So then they just got a bunch of wide receivers this offseason, like Jalen Waddle yeah. and Will Fuller, just because they couldn't have him as their wide receiver too. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And you know, Preston Williams, I, I wasn't really high on Preston Williams either, so pat myself on the back again. But uh, yeah, I think that definitely injuries have also kind of derailed, I guess, any chance of him ever being a true wide receiver two or three for a team. 